Welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 65. I am your host, Noah Roshetta, and today I'm talking about the Buddhist understanding of forgiveness. About a month or two ago, I received a message on Facebook from a gentleman named Dax. Um, I meant to respond in depth regarding the question he had. It was around the topic of forgiveness, specifically this notion of feeling compelled to forgive didn't seem very useful or helpful. He wondered why um, some spiritual paths seem to focus on this message of having to forgive. Anyway, I, I, I didn't spend a long time replying to his message at the time because I I told him that it had been on my radar to, um, t- to have a podcast episode dedicated specifically to the topic of forgiveness. Well, several months later, um, I still hadn't had a chance to record this podcast, so this has been in the works for quite some time now. And then I recently read um, an article on Tricycle Magazine called Forgiveness is Not Buddhist. And this motivated me to uh, once again take up this topic and and try to explain or address uh, the Buddhist perspective on forgiveness. So in order to understand the Buddhist approach, first I want to explore the topic of forgiveness from the Western approach that most of us are familiar with. This is uh, the way we view Uh, the concept of forgiveness here in our society, and it's influenced in general by the Judeo-Christian understanding of forgiveness. And this is a form of forgiveness that is um, generally laid out in the language of debt. For example, um, think of the example of a bank loan. You go in and you get um, a loan from the bank, and now you have this relationship established between you and the bank. If the uh, terms of the loan are met, um, eventually you pay it off, and now you no longer owe them, and that uh, relationship changes again. Now you're not indebted to them. Now, for me, growing up, I, there was a a little video that I saw at church that uh, was about a gentleman who borrows money, but ultimately he has a bad year, I guess, as a farmer, and he's not able to pay back his creditor, and the creditor comes calling, uh, demanding justice. And this whole video is about how uh, justice cannot be robbed. So, um, you know, the the creditor is owed, the debtor is stuck in a position where there's just no way to pay. Well, then comes an intermediary. So this mediator steps in um, and assumes the debt, Justice is met for the creditor because he gets his money back and mercy is extended to um, the person who borrowed. And I remember this video was all about how mercy cannot rob justice. Um, And if you look at this from the Judeo-Christian background, what this is implying is um, Jesus, for example, is the one who steps in and assumes the debt, absolving us of that debt. And in this sense... It ends the old relationship, and it establishes an entirely new relationship. So the relationship, or the situation that we were in, is that we um, we need to be saved, right? And uh, 
So Christ comes in and, and takes in this role as the Savior and establishes a new relationship between us and him now. And this sort of change uh, happens due to that external source, that third party, the intermediary or the mediator. This is problematic from the Buddhist perspective because the power is not with you. The power lies in that third party to come in and step in and save you. Um, so th this isn't a Buddhist concept. Um, like I mentioned before, from the Buddhist perspective, we're looking at uh, spending time looking inward and discovering everything that you're looking for is in you. So I want to elaborate on this a little bit. Uh, Ken McLeod, who is the author of that article, Forgiveness is Not Buddhist, from Tricycle Magazine, he says these various interpretations of forgiveness all overlook the fact that the meaning of forgiveness is grounded in the language of debt. In days of yore, and in some cultures not so yore, uh, when I impugned your honor, uh, I incurred an obligation to you, a debt that had to be paid somehow. From there, the notion developed that when I uh, do any kind of wrong to you or anyone else, I have incurred a debt to you or to society or to God. Uh, when we view interactions with others in terms of debt, we are wittingly or unwittingly uh, reducing our relationships with others to transactions. Human feeling, human understanding, human empathy all go out the door. I owe you or you owe me now becomes the defining expression of the relationship. He goes on to say, American anthropologist David Graeber writes in Debt, The First 5,000 Years, there's no better way to justify relations founded on violence to make such relations seem moral than by reframing them in the language of debt, above all because it, it immediately makes it seem that it's the victim who's doing something wrong. Again, this way of viewing forgiveness is not necessarily compatible with the Buddhist approach. From the Buddhist approach, we strive to look inward. We find that happiness, enlightenment, forgiveness, all these things are internal processes, not external. And one of the central teachings in Buddhism is the understanding of karma as the law of causation. This implies that no one can intervene in the way my actions evolve me. There is no savior, so to speak, when it comes to my actions because it's still entirely up to me to discover the reactive patterns that gave rise to the transgression in the first place. So the Buddhist approach to forgiveness moves away from the language of debt and towards the language of harmony. When you think of forgiveness from the Western approach, it's, it's uh, transactional in nature. And in the, the Buddhist approach, it's more along the lines of conflict resolution and reconciliation, or in other words, harmony. So to understand forgiveness, we have to understand karma. And remember, karma is not a form, uh, a cosmic justice system. Uh, it's not a form of transactions. There is no account where you accrue positive or negative transactions. Um, it's not a system that's taking notes. Uh, it's more of a form of evolution of actions. What I did then is what determines what I'm doing now. And what I'm doing now determines what I'll be doing next. The Tibetan teacher Gampopa said, the only way to stop the evolution of reactive patterns is to change our relationship with those patterns. 
to me, this is what forgiveness is all about. It's an introspective process where the forgiveness that matters most is the forgiveness I extend to myself through the proper understanding of my own actions. It's a form of introspection that allows me to understand my reactive patterns. And then, uh, more importantly, to change my relationship to those patterns. The Buddhist approach to forgiveness invites us to look deeply, to see deeply in ourselves and others. And let me share uh, three examples of this to help clarify this concept. So when we're talking about forgiveness toward others, this is one of the most common ways that we think about forgiveness. Somebody has wronged us and then we decide whether or not we forgive them. Uh, last week I was talking to a co-worker, a friend of mine, who was telling me this story of a boy who was really mean to her in high school. He would say he he would say things that were mean or derogatory, somewhat of a bully, so to speak. Um, so this goes on for uh, the entire time that they were classmates in high school. And she said that she was really angry with him. And over the years, she kind of forgot about him and uh, later found out on Facebook, saw him and found out that uh, that he was gay. He had um, come out and kind of changed uh, his lifestyle to um, be more open and authentic with who he was. And in this process of discovering uh, what he had gone through, uh, she imagined the high school version of him still in the closet. Uh, she could she said she could only imagine how difficult that must have been to be in high school and to be um, having those feelings of inauthenticity, uh, living a lie. And she said, no wonder he was mean. Well, in that moment, as she shared this with me, uh, I realized this is, this is what it means to forgive from the Buddhist perspective. In other words, there's nothing to forgive when you understand. You know, she didn't have to... Uh, what melted away for her was the feeling of, of resentment or hatred, um, even anger, because it was replaced by a deeper perspective of understanding. Now, that doesn't excuse what he did, and it doesn't change the fact that he was mean. It doesn't change the fact that those mean and hurtful things affected her, uh, maybe caused you know, her to act a certain way or to do certain things. Like It had set in motion causes and conditions that continued till this day. So forgiveness, from the Buddhist perspective, um, you can't go back and, and change the past, right? So we're not, it, it's not about, uh, forgiveness is not about condoning or saying, you know what, everything that you did, that's fine. Because it's not, it's, it's already happened. Whatever damage happened because of those actions cannot be repaired. You cannot go back and fix that. But from this moment on, she feels no hatred no resentment and no anger um, towards him because she gained uh, a more clear understanding. So this is the form of forgiveness applied to others. It's, it's not, from the Buddhist perspective, there's no compelling, right? It's not like, hey, you need to forgive. Um, but there is this uh, possibility at any given moment that through greater understanding, you can have more peace. And I've experienced this in my own life. I'll go into that in, uh, later in the podcast. 
Um, so this is the approach of forgiveness toward others. We're trying to understand others, and through that understanding, we can let go of the hatred. Uh, next, I want to talk about forgiving ourselves. Uh, it's a similar concept that, you know, when we, we want to look into our own actions. And one of the stories that comes to mind for me when I think about this, uh, when I was about 12, I was a, a Boy Scout, and we would uh, go on these weekly scouting activities. And I remember one time our troop got together and we were going to go ride go-karts. And we went to this place and we all got in line and uh, when the time came to run out and pick your car, I just happened to pick a car that uh, seemed quite a bit faster than all the other cars. You know how they tune those and throttle them so that they can't go uh, over a certain speed. I think mine happened to uh, somebody messed with that and it was definitely faster than the other cars. So we start the race and we're going around in, in loops and I'm I'm passing everyone. It's not that I'm a better driver, it's that the car that, I, uh, that I'm in is, is faster than the other cars. Well, I noticed one of the other cars had a similar thing going on, but in reverse. It was much slower than all the rest of the cars. And it seemed no matter what the driver did, uh, his car couldn't keep up with the rest of us. So not only was I beating everyone in the race, but I was severely beating this poor kid, uh, passing him, uh, as I recall, uh, on multiple occasions. So the race is finally over. This was my friend uh, Kevin who was driving that car. And we all go out, and, and it was fun, and then our leaders tell us, hey, do you want to do one more round? Well, I we, we did. We all jumped back in line, and as soon as they opened that gate and we ran out to our cars. I knew which car I wanted, um, and I, I booked it. Well, Kevin, who had the slow car, had also noticed this uh, pattern that my car was fast and his car was slow. So he was running towards my car, and I was able to get there just ahead of him and kind of nudged him, you know, almost like with my shoulder, kind of nudged him out of the way. And I said, no, this was my car. This is the car that I had. And... Uh, and he backed off and he went to, he turned around to look for his car, or any car I should say. Uh, the only car left happened to be the slow one that he had the first round. And everybody in the group uh, knew that that was the slow car. They didn't want it. And they had all picked other cars by then. So Kevin walked slowly, uh, defeated, back towards his go-kart. And I remember that feeling of, oh man, that was not very nice. But I stayed in my car, we did the, the other round, and I won again, and I was all excited about that. But not really. I felt bad. And unfortunately, this went, uh, this feeling lingered for years, because after that, we moved. I moved down to Mexico uh, with my family. Uh, our, we had been childhood friends, and, and this incident stayed with my mind uh, for years. Well, uh, fast forward... Um, Oh, I don't know, 10 years or so, my twin brother ends up marrying Kevin's sister. So suddenly we're, uh, we were family again. Well, we were friends uh, that were uh, going to be close now. And this incident always lingered with me. And one day I finally brought it up to him and I apologized you know, all these years later. And I said I was so sorry for uh, 
what happened that day on the go-kart and he didn't even remember the story i had to remind him uh, of the whole thing um but so getting to this concept of forgiving ourselves uh, rather than me just saying oh well i was just a kid and whatever um i tried to sit with this and say what caused those actions um and what was fascinating is out of that process came a lot of introspection uh, about myself. Why did I feel the need to win again? Why did I fear uh, being stuck in that slow car? What would that say about me? Um, you know, I replayed all of these things and, and I was able to look into my actions, which is kind of what the Buddhist approach to all of this is trying to do. Like I mentioned before, we're trying to understand our relationship to our habitual patterns. Well, this incident in my life allowed me uh, on multiple occasions since then to evaluate my actions. What am I about to do and why am I doing this? Is, this, is there something else driving um, this specific action? Uh, and I think a lot of that stemmed from that process early on of, of trying to understand the behavior and the, the patterns that allowed me to do that to Kevin. So that's just uh, one simple example of forgiving ourselves. Uh, then there's the third type. So we've got forgiveness toward others, forgiveness toward ourselves. And then we have forgiveness that we receive from others or from, uh, yeah, forgiveness from others. Uh, and this is a form of peace that we receive. To me, this one is just kind of icing on the cake because we, we may or may not receive this because this is entirely out of our hands, right? Um, how others... If others choose to forgive us, that's that's a decision they make, and we can't we can't force that on them. Um, recently, I was uh, talking to a friend, and I thought of this analogy of um, he he was kind of upset because he wanted um, he had done something that hurt somebody else, and then he had asked for forgiveness, and he felt like things should be okay now. And I I said, well, sometimes wanting the other person to heal it's like picking out a scab that's that's it's a wound right and then you've got the scab and you're picking at it to see hey is this healed yet and you pick at it and you pick at it and the very picking is what prevents it from healing because we don't control that time frame it happens on its own and we just want others to forgive us because of how we feel we don't like the discomfort uh, we really just want to feel understood in this sense, uh, forgiveness is the gift of, of understanding. So this allows us to, again, look inward and ask, why do I feel the need to be forgiven by someone else for whatever wrong I've caused? You know, what if I was able to allow them to forgive me on their time frame, whenever they want, if and when they want? What if they never want to forgive me uh, for whatever actions I've done? What if I was okay with that? There's a form of peace that comes from that as well. So those are uh, the three kind of areas of forgiveness. But ultimately, what I want to what I want to get at is that um, forgiveness, in a way, from the Buddhist perspective, it's it's the gift of understanding. Because see, when we understand, we don't need to forgive. The irony here is that we forgive when we realize we don't need to forgive. You know, in nature, if lightning strikes a tree and the tree uh, catches fire and then it uh, falls over and crushes our car, we don't have this sense of, oh, I need to forgive that tree or I need to forgive the lightning or, you know, 
when it rains on us, we don't feel the need to, oh, I need to forgive the clouds because it rained and it ruined my day or it ruined my clothes. You know, the, who do we forgive and for what? What debt have we incurred? And this is more along the lines of, of the Buddhist understanding. Um, from the Buddhist perspective, there's no moral commandment or no compelling of any kind to forgive. There's no Buddhist equivalent of sin. Uh, there's especially no um, original sin. There's, there's no offending God. Uh, there's no concept of God. Uh, so furthermore, forgiveness is, is for our own sake. Uh, gaining a deeper understanding of things uh, is a gift that we give ourselves. It's a way to let go of the pain we are experiencing, uh, but we we are the main beneficiaries. So if you'll recall, I talked about Buddha Gosa and his teaching of the hot ember, you know, that you can hold a hot ember with the intent of throwing it at someone else, uh, but while you're holding it, it's only affecting you. Or he talks about picking up a piece of dung, a piece of poop, with the intention of, of making somebody else stink. Well, while I'm holding that, I'm the one who stinks. I'm, I'm making myself stink because I won't uh, let go of the dung. This is more along the lines of how the Buddhist perspective on forgiveness. It's like, well, you don't have to, but why wouldn't you? You're the only one who suffers when you hold on to this stuff. So forgiveness is more along the lines of deeper understanding. It's a change in our relationship to our own reactive patterns. No matter what I did to you, it's still entirely my own responsibility to discover and work through the reactive patterns that gave rise to that offense or transgression in the first place. So it puts this back on me. It's all on me. Sometimes it seems forgiveness is seen as a sign of weakness. Um, it's like, oh, you're, you're soft, you're going to forgive. But in reality, uh, it takes strength and it takes courage to spend time gaining a deeper understanding of our own actions and the actions of others. Uh, forgiving can bring about the peace that we all so desperately seek, but it's not because we absolve others of their actions, it's because we spend time trying to understand others. You know, the wrong understanding of forgiveness I think gives rise to more suffering. Uh, an example that uh, I'll give you from my own life was this a deep betrayal of trust that I experienced uh, from somebody that I, I care for and I love deeply. And to be betrayed, to be lied to, uh, it, it's, it's very hurtful. Part of my experience of, of going through a betrayal was that I felt the need to forgive. I felt compelled. I felt like it was the uh, requirement for this relationship to be able to continue or to be to be healthy. I felt like in in in, in the language of debt that I was owed, and something had to happen for this uh, debt to be repaid. So I, I I kind of viewed it like this for for years, and I I held on to resentment, and then I would think it's finally all over. I've forgiven. And then a trigger would, would cause me to experience all of the emotions all over again. And I would realize, no, I'm still angry and I'm not ready to forgive. And this was kind of the cycle uh, of emotions that I was experiencing for uh, quite some time. Well, it occurred to me one day through studying uh, mindfulness and studying Buddhism that 
uh, I was I had personalized this experience. I made it about me. That what happened was, you know, we are going to collaborate and, and and really do something to hurt you, as if this had to do with me. This had to do with with them and the decisions that that were made there in this betrayal. Um, so I spent time processing this and really trying to understand the intentions and the motivations behind uh, the actions of, of, the, of the people who had wronged me. And by spending time doing this, what happened is I gained a deeper understanding of the person as, in some ways, as a victim of their own actions. You know, I don't think that the intention of those actions was uh, targeting me personally. Now, I was certainly the on the receiving end of that pain and hurt, uh, but it wasn't about me. Um, and then this this continued to unfold as I spent time uh, understanding this person and understanding the uh, possible causes and conditions that led to that and the causes and, and conditions behind those causes and conditions. And with time, it painted an entirely new picture of how I viewed this person. And I couldn't view view them through this lens of hatred or resentment or um, anger the way that I did before. Now, none of that uh, changed the the feelings and the emotions of being hurt or being betrayed or being let down. None of that changed. But what changed was my understanding of this person as the tail end of, uh, of countless causes and conditions that allowed that one instance, that one moment to arise the way that it did. And that was a profound shift in perspective for me. You know, at that point, it, I didn't feel the need to forgive anymore because what was there to forgive? Um, what I saw was uh, actions, causes and conditions and causes and conditions of causes and conditions and on and on and on, this giant web of interdependent things that happened for that one moment to be the way that it was uh, for however long that phase was in my life. And that was really profound. And through that understanding, uh, I lost, um, it's not that I forgave, it's that I lost the anger. I lost the hatred. It just wasn't there anymore because I couldn't, I couldn't hate. I understood too much to be able to hate this person and that was the moment that I felt uh, this entire process was finally over. I had truly forgiven. And the irony is I didn't forgive. There was no need to forgive at that point. That's when I realized I had forgiven is because there, what, I, what was there to forgive? I, I, I don't know if that makes sense. If you've ever experienced something like that where through greater understanding, um, there's no longer the need to forgive. That's, that's what I felt. Um, you know, we've all been hurt and we've all hurt others, whether we did that knowingly or unknowingly. It's it's true whether I was, uh, you know, rushing while I was driving and cut someone off and I set in motion um, further actions. I may have been completely unaware of that um, or or bigger stuff. The things that I said, you know, to kids in school that I don't remember or um whether this is knowingly or unknowingly, we've all been hurt and we've all hurt others. So the Buddhist approach to forgiveness really is about changing our relationship with the reactive patterns that run our lives. 
It's just another tool to help end the cycle of habitual reactivity and the suffering that our reactivity causes for ourselves and others. And I think this is, this is really the, the main difference here. Um, there's no compelling. There's no, you don't have to forgive. Um, but why wouldn't you? You're the one that suffers when you don't. Um, now that's where it gets tricky because then it would feel like, well, then now I have to forgive. And, and that, that's the paradox. You don't. Um, but the, the, the peace and the contentment that you'll feel upon gaining greater understanding, uh, that's, that's the reward. That's the benefit of it. So I guess from the Buddhist perspective, instead of feeling like I need to forgive others, the invitation is try to understand whatever it is that, that happened. Um, don't, you know, don't entertain the, how can I forgive you? Uh, if anything, ask yourself, how can I understand this better? Why did this happen? What were the causes and conditions? What is the, the reactivity? Um, whether this is for yourself or for others, um, that's where you want to spend time with, understanding. Try to understand more. Now, for me, I like to ask specific questions, um, introspective questions with my behavioral patterns. For example, am I motivated by vengeance? Uh, am I trying to get back at someone? Um, if someone is hurt or offended by something I've, I've done or said, you know, I ask myself, what were my words or actions and what were the intentions behind those words and actions? Because there's always something to learn there. If I can discover what the intentions were, I may even be able to discover what the intention behind the intention was. Because you are entirely responsible for your conscious choices. And knowing this can be very empowering. Everything that you do affects others. This is karma. Everything that I do, everything that I say affects others. And that for me is, is really empowering. So this concept of forgiveness from the Buddhist perspective, um, maybe forgiveness is, is, is the word that's problematic because it means something uh, different to so many people. Some people will say, well, forgiveness is great. And they're right. And some people say, well, forgiveness is wrong. It causes pain. Well, they're also right. Um, so maybe reframing this and understanding what we want is greater understanding. Uh, when we understand interdependence, uh, that all things inter are, this gives us the ability to see deeply, like I mentioned in a previous podcast, to see here's the thing, but what's the thing behind the thing? What's the thing behind the thing behind the thing? So that is, um, that is the topic of forgiveness. I want to end this topic with a quick note about friendship. Well, good friends are instrumental in this process of forgiveness. Uh, we should regard those who point out our faults as treasures. In fact, the Buddha in the Dhammapada said, uh, should you find a wise critic to point out your faults, follow him as you would a guide to a hidden treasure. And I want to end it on that note because as we go through our lives, and especially on this path where we're trying to be more mindful, we should be mindful of the fact that having somebody who can point out our faults, and this is often uh, the people closest to us, our family members, our spouse or partner, significant other, when they do point stuff out to us, we, we take it personally and we get really upset and we get angry because we don't want people to highlight these things about ourselves. Um, 
and yet we have this treasure there in a way you know what if you were to view this as uh, an opportunity to become more introspective about yourself by learning what someone else is seeing about you this was this was pretty powerful for me I, I used to really hate the feeling of being told hey you need to do this or stop doing that or you're not very uh, you're not helping a lot with uh, chores around the house or things like that I would feel kind of upset and offended um, but as time has gone past this has become something that I, I value now it's like I, I want to be told how can I be better what in what areas can I contribute more where do I need more uh, clarity with with what I'm doing wrong and you get that from the people close to you if you ask for it and this can be um, one of those ways where you uh, really learn about yourself and you um, you become more aware of your habitual patterns anyway I thought that would be a fun way to end the topic of forgiveness um, so if you want to read up a little bit more about this topic there's a book by Ken McLeod called Wake Up to Your Life, Discovering the Buddhist Path of Attention. And in that book, he discusses uh, this concept of forgiveness. You can also, if you're a subscriber to Tricycle Magazine, you can look up that article called Forgiveness is Not Buddhist. Um, but that's the topic that I wanted to share today, forgiveness. And I hope that you can take some of these ideas and concepts and look at them deeply in your own life or in the lives of others. And wherever you feel that need of there's this person or that person or this event that I need to eventually forgive, try to reframe that in your mind. And rather than thinking you need to forgive anyone about anything, try to say, I want to have more understanding about what happened. Why did it happen? What were the causes and conditions? Because I believe that with introspection and understanding and clarity, suddenly you'll realize maybe there's nothing to forgive. There's just um, what happened. And then you'll have that same peace, that same sense of liberation that comes through truly forgiving. But it's not concocted and it's not fake and it's not uh, temporary. You know, in my experience with forgiveness, every time I thought I had forgiven, um, it was temporary even though I didn't know that. At some point, a trigger or something would come back and I'd realize, no, I haven't forgiven. But through understanding, um, that's gone away. There's, there's nothing that triggers those emotions the way that, that it used to when I would think about that specific incident that happened to me in my life. Um, because there was no longer the need to forgive. I had something better. I had understanding and clarity around what happened. Um, but that was uncomfortable to get that get to that because you do have to spend time with it and really break it down and analyze it and look at it and and ask yourself those difficult questions why did this happen so i hope this clarifies a little bit the buddhist understanding of forgiveness uh, if you enjoyed this podcast episode please share it with others you can write a review give it a rating in itunes if you would like to join our online community uh, you can visit secularbuddhism.com forward slash community. And if you would like to make a donation to support the work I'm doing with the podcast, please visit secularbuddhism.com and click the donate button. That's all I have for now, but I look forward to recording another podcast episode soon. Until next time.